0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about the Cardinals all night long We'll talk the games and all the rest About the team that we love best We'll talk about the Cardinals all night long We're gonna talk about the Cardinals all night long
1: Good morning, and welcome to another edition of Meet Me at Mutual. I'm your host, Daniel C70 at the bat at C70. With me again this week uh, and on his back with everything, and Coach Alan Medlock, a Medlock one on the Twitters. Um, Alan. it was a good week for the Cardinals. It's a good thing it was. I mean, it, you're playing the Reds and the Pirates. It should be. Um, doesn't mean it was an uneventful week, but... How nice is it to see them starting to, you know, play the kind of ball that we thought they could?
0: Yeah, that's like we talked about last week. You run into that part of the schedule that you feel like you need to walk out as the better team and and win those series pretty much hands down. And you know me and anybody that's listening on here, I always feel like it's a a split in a doubleheader is pretty darn successful. But then to come out and win in the fashion that they did on the sweep, you know, that just shows signs that they that they're probably head and shoulders above both the, a lot of the competition in the in the in the central and that's fun to watch because this is kind of the team that we expected the last few years and they're kind of doing it with an outfield that, that the production isn't it isn't well I'm not saying it's underwhelming but it's probably not to the uh, to the numbers that we expect at this point especially how they finished last year but you know that's the game and and uh, it's really fun to win a few series and look for the next and enjoy those off days uh, you know that 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 we've been fortunate to do this week
1: yeah. Yeah. It's been, uh, been good. And you're right. You know, I uh, definitely could not ask for anything more in that double header, especially at the end of it. Let's, before we get into what all is going on with the Cardinals and, and everything else that's kind of circling them right now, but let's, let's take a moment to look at that. You know, Miles Michaelis goes eight and two thirds, um, gets down to his final strike before giving up a double and breaking up the no hitter. You and I were talking beforehand and, Honestly, off the bat, you felt like that was caught. And, and as you said, he hit it to the right place. Uh, the place that anybody, uh, if you could pick, that's the place you wanted to hit it, is hit it toward Harrison Bader.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it's one of, it's one of those, like, uh, w- the way that he finished the eighth inning is what really got me excited when he finished with the strikeout. And mm-hmm. I thought, okay, now this right here, this could, this could happen. It just kind of feels like this could be falling into place. My anxiety is always high until it happens. And, uh, yeah, you know, three, two pitch kind of barrels it up. And you're thinking, uh, all right, here's, this what we want. And then more, he kept running. I was like, Oh, please don't happen like this. You know what I mean? <laughs> One of those and then hits the ground. And in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, Hey, how can this get overturned Da-da-da-da-da, and battling through it? And I was like, ah, <laughs> you know, geez, you know, give him some applause.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't even close enough for Bader to, you know, pretend like it was an error or anything of that nature. Um, and, 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 credit to Michaelis, who also you made the good point and I think everybody agrees you'd much rather lose on a, a ball that you know turns into a ground roll double than you would on a little dying flare quail we, we saw that right I mean I think that one it, it they're both frustrating but the one again that michael Walker had in 2013 where it just barely got over his glove and then Pete Cosma couldn't quite do it I think that's even more frustrating of than than the way it ended here.
0: Oh yeah, completely agree with that. And it was one of those to where the uh, everybody on the on the Walker one was just—I mean, you sold you sold yourself out to try to get that out. And this one, it was just yeah. barreled, and you know, just get all, got over the best center fielder in baseball. You know, it just yeah. stinks. He, he probably earned it, and it and it kind of and it kind of stinks to have to admit it. But yeah, that's just how it was.
1: Yeah, but it's still amazing. It's still kind of hard to believe as much good pitching as the Cardinals have seen that Bud Smith is the last no-hitter they've had back in in September. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think the the MLB had a list of the most recent no-hitters for every team. I think the Cardinals are like, you know, it's like fifth or sixth longest um, since a no-hitter. And, you know, these things are just kind of, they're kind of flukes. So you just never know, But uh, because it's not the most dominant pitchers that have them. Um, I did find it, and I wrote this on the post. I found it. I was thinking about this as as the game's going on. I'm like, you know what? If this happens, Ender Kisner is going to have caught a no hitter, and Yadier Molina hasn't. That's, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's not many things that you that any uh, many highlights that Ender Kisner could have that Yadi wouldn't have. That would have been really interesting.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and I had thought about that as well during the game. I was like, uh, I was like what well, this? The circumstances at all on anything like that. To where it, I remember used to be used to think oh, I shouldn't count if he's given up a run type situation, you know, one of those type deals. But then you realize the historical value of it. Then you start wondering who's behind the plate and, you know, what's going on. And the, all the things surrounding it become pretty, uh pretty special.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was a it was a great night. Um And, it, and obviously, um, you know, it helped that the Cardinals were up nine to one for or you know had a what got seven runs in the first two innings i think so they were you know it was never in doubt so that helped i mean no stress the stress wasn't there in regards to oh the game could get out of hand or get lost um but and that may have helped you know i mean michael is through what almost 130 pitches um so and and that was it i mean again you know we were talking beforehand that was you know, nothing against Michaelis, but that was an arm that they didn't necessarily have to protect, right? It wasn't a, a liberator. It wasn't a Zach Thompson. It wasn't one of these young guys. And so he could, he could go, he could take that. I don't know. If he wasn't going to, you know, he wasn't very, uh, he was, he was efficient and, enough. Um, but he there wasn't somebody that they felt like you had this decision of do they have to take him out because he's thrown too many. So um, that all led into it as well. Um, and, you know, just, just a lot of fun. Um, and again, even if it was the Pirates, which, you know, if anybody's going to hit the Pirates, you'd think it'd be Adam Wainwright because they never seem to get a hit off of him anyway. But, uh, you know, I guess it just, like you said, kind of indicates the Cardinals are a bit of the class of this division, uh, along with the Brewers. Uh, the gap between these two teams and the rest of the division is significant.
0: Yeah, and it's now we're in the uh, the Cubs are in a have lost double digits twice this year. Has that happened or is it – I know they're a 10-game uh, 10 10 game losing streak yeah, right now.
1: I think you're right. I think they yeah. had one earlier in the year too.
0: Yeah, and it's they're kind of a mess. You know, that's what uh, – I kind of want to see what happens there. Um, you know, it is – it is boy, it is very top-heavy in the Central. And uh, like we, you and I were kind of talking about last week where some of these teams may look a little different. I'm not sure what the Pirates are going to have to trade essentially unless – Reynolds may be the name on the market this year, you know, when it, for anybody who needs a bat. But uh, but some of these teams are going to look quite a bit different, and you know something that we had talked about last week: Cincinnati may look significantly different without less pitching. But that could be a thing that's scary because they could be that team with nothing to lose that plays pretty well in the second half. So I don't know, but I agree with you. They're just uh, they're the Brewers and Cardinals are both just I, I, they're moving in a direction that's completely different than the rest of the division, and and I'm not I'm not so certain that the national league is as top heavy as we thought it was. And I think there may be six or seven pretty good teams.
1: Maybe interesting looking at this division right now. Um, what the Reds started out, what, like three and 21 or something like that. Um, so if that's the case, they're actually over 500 since then. Uh, cause they're at 23 and 40 now actually tied with the Cubs for fourth. So, um, you know, by the end of the day, Cincinnati might be out of the cellar for the first time all year. um, it's just interesting. I mean, they're still not good. And like you said, they're going to be a lot different uh, look to them um, when it comes to uh, the, the last part of the year, because they do have some pieces that they could trade off. Um but and Pittsburgh sitting here in third with a run differential of negative 101. I don't know how long that's going to last either. So, you know, the, the, the last part of the division and what the Cardinals are going to have to do is, is win those games. They're going to have a lot of games with those teams left down the stretch and they're going to have to win them because more likely Milwaukee is going to win those games as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So that's it. As we get closer to the, uh, you know, to, uh, to July and, we start paying a little bit more attention to the uh, the standings and whatnot. It, it's going to be it's going to be exciting to see what happens and and who's wh- who's going to make some moves and and the angles they're going to uh, to be approaching because I don't I don't know how much pitching is actually going to be out there.
1: Yeah, it, we'll have to we'll have to see. Yeah, because it does seem kind of kind of strange. And again, with more it's one of those situations we've talked about with more um, playoff spots. More teams think they're in it. Whether they are or not, and that means they're maybe less likely to trade off, and it means there's just not as many places to to go get something from. Talking about moves, though, we got to talk about the the big one that was came out last night. Um, Katie Wu reported, at least that's where I saw it first, um, that uh, Cardinals are going to put Yadier Molina on the injured list starting today, doing to due to persistent knee soreness. Going to be out for a while. Um, on the positive side. Yvonne Herrera is coming up. Uh, we'll finally get a chance to get into a game, I guess. Um, after he, you know, his last uh, appearance didn't uh, give him a, a, any of that chance. Um, but you know, we've seen it. We know Yachty is not Yachty or has not looked like he hasn't looked like a guy that needs to be out there. If, if his name wasn't Yachty or Molina, he wouldn't have been. I guess that's what it's what to say. Um, he was, he came into the spring training late because of issues. He's had trouble working his way into shape. And it seems to be that this knee knee soreness has been part of that. what's your takeaway, I guess, in general? No, I, I agree with that completely. And
0: it's, and like we had talked about, this was the first year that you felt like he looked like a 40 year old man, you know, and it's, uh, you know, playing at the level that they are, you know, it, it's all relative. You, I mean. <laughs> I know a lot of yeah. 4 year old men that look a lot worse. Yeah, know what I mean one yeah. of those type situations. Yeah. But uh, it's, uh, it, it's 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 kind of tough to watch. But in a way, it's kind of like okay, now this makes a little bit of sense because I w- I didn't want there to be the situation of hey, should he have been retiring? Or I mean, is he mm-hmm. is he is that going to be? But you know, there's a little bit of closure to it. You hate to see it in an injury fashion, but I feel like with rest, he'll probably come back and be a factor in the second half. I just hope it heals it to where he gets his. He can he can walk away on good terms and not on the IL essentially is what I want to see.
1: Yeah. Well, and again, you know, told you I'm. I i do not think it's very surprising to me that the Cardinals are on a, something like this. That something they could have done it at any time. It's not like a a break or you know a pulled hamstring or anything like that. That they are deciding to put him on the injured list the day before or actually technically the day of. A Wainwright start. Um, it feels like Yachty Molina is still going to go on that trip to to Boston. Boston's talking about honoring him and and Pughals. I think he goes on the trip, so it's not like they're you know it's they're they doesn't want to take him. Um, I think that I, I don't think in the past they would have done that, um, especially since this would have been this would have moved uh, Molina and Wainwright into second place all time. In that uh, the battery uh, record that they're they're going for, I think they're what, they're going to be like eight or nine short now. Um, so you hope he can, you hope he's not out for very long, so he can you know catch Wainwright if nothing else uh, down the stretch. But I'm a little bit surprised they didn't just say, okay, we'll give him one more game and then we'll put him on the injured list. Um, and I think to some degree that's just a focus, a maybe a telling thing of of how the clubhouse runs now that we haven't seen in the past
0: yeah yeah it's uh there's a little bit of refreshment uh, yet it's a little refreshing the uh and I, I was a shilt guy you know don't get me wrong but uh it, it does seem kind of like the new world order type situation in the clubhouse and it's uh it I felt like there's been a heck of a lot of moves this year that were made that would not have been made in the past and this may be one of
1: them yeah yeah I, I think you know we saw Yachty not play as much, especially early on, which, um, you know, would not have happened in the past. Although some of that's because he was trying to get himself into shape. And then now all we know, because of this knee soreness, is why we've seen a good bit of Kisner this week. Um, So with Yachty out, you know, the idea is that Kisner's are getting most of the starts. I guess we'll see if that happens. Um, And I think to some degree, it's that's what the Cardinals want to do, but it's going to be the bats that probably make a difference. Can, do you think Kisner with, you know, now that he knows it's his job that he can, you know, he's going to be the starter for two, three weeks, whatever it may be. Do you think there's something into that regular routine that'll help him kind of find some footing in the, in the bigger leagues? I, yeah, maybe, maybe so.
0: I, I'm glad that they're going with the two, you know, I say this in quotes up and comers, you know, because how many times in the past would we have seen this where Herrera wouldn't have gotten a shot and they would have had the, uh, the journeyman come in, you know, that that's usually the Cardinals MO. So to do this, well, and potentially, I mean that, that he may have been DFA this week in Sanchez, and that's maybe why it yeah. didn't happen altogether, but they needed to give a look to Herrera. We've we've known that. And, uh, it will be. It will. I would like to see how the timeshare is going to work and who's going to take off and run with it. And and uh, I mean, they need they need production out of that spot. I mean, it's it's one of those to where you kind of wonder if this is going to be a uh, a prolonged deal with with Molina, where they may have to go get somebody or something like that. I mean, it, it's 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 going to be interesting to watch. But I kind of I kind of like to watch these competitions and to see who yeah. kind of runs with it and, and and stuff like that. Especially now that you have that. Basically, that fortified lineup with the with the stars in it that uh, you know that you can get pro defense plus out of the out of the catcher spot and still and still be happy about it. You know what I mean? So I'm I'm excited to kind of see how this competition works out.
1: Yeah, and it's going to be interesting. I think you're right. They did DFA uh, Ali Sanchez um, Wednesday when they brought uh, Jack Flaherty back, got him off the sixty day IL. Um, Sanchez, of course. So- I'm sure we'll clear waivers and wind up back at Memphis. But um, I think, you know, this was, again, this was not something that was a one day, oh, we got to do this. Um, this has kind of been, at least in the the periphery. Um, so I think it's telling that they went ahead and DFA'd Sanchez. I mean, I think that normally the club, knowing that Yachty wasn't. Now, again, Sanchez wasn't on the, yeah, he was on the 40-minute, but so was Herrera. And I think that's what it really boils down to is like, if they've got him, if Herrera on here, they might as well use him um, and find out what they have, because they're going to need to know, right? I think this is a huge uh, couple weeks for next year, yeah. because, you know, if, if they realize that Herrera can cut it and Kisner can't, you know, that may be that, you know, they trade Kisner in the off season. And, or, you know, or they just, you know, hey, Kisner's going to be the backup next year. I mean, it's you can't make a judgment off of just, you know, two, three, four weeks, whatever is however Yachty's out. But it's definitely going to inform their thinking about what they're going to do next year. Yeah, yeah. And
0: that's, you know, that's a better way of saying kind of what I tried to when I was rambling (laughs) just a second. I just, uh, I kind of want to see what actually, what, what the future holds with these two. And I understand right. that this, this two week run or whatnot, is not going to tell us a lot, but it could tell us some things about, you know, what we expect. I mean, we've heard about Herrera from the beginning mm-hmm. and, um, you know, I've seen him quite a bit at Springfield and he just looked young. So I kind of want to see what happens and it could go a long way. And I don't know if they're due for another contract, but you know, there's some, there's some catches that will be available in the off season. So, you know, that's, it, it may, it's, it's going to be exciting to watch.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, anytime you're, you're taking that kind of icon, that kind of guy, you know, been there for forever and you try to fill that spot, it's, there's a lot of uncertainty. Um, and you know, it, it will be interesting to see how the Cardinals do that. And the first steps probably are happening, are happening here. Um, You know, right now, like you say, it's a little bit sad that Yachty's hitting two thirteen and he's the best offensive catcher that they have. Yeah. Um but that's um they're not gonna miss out on anything. You're right. You know, these guys struggle. It's not like you're going from a from a yachty that was hitting three hundred to a Kisner that's hitting one hundred. You know, it's the, the the production is gonna be pretty similar to what you already got.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's uh yeah. yeah it, it, I don't want to use these, this term because I understand it's the regularity of playing, but are we disappointed in Kisner a little bit?
1: I mean, it's hard I know, it's to, tough to yeah, say, but yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying because I did think he would be able to hold his own a little bit more. Um I mean, I'm going to pull it up. I'll let you give your thoughts, but it feels like, you know, he's kind of, even with a little more playing time, he's kind of taking a little bit of a step back offensively.
0: Yeah. And that's, I kind of wondered if it would be a deal to where he, uh, he did accept the role and it would honestly be a, at least a 50, 50 split to where you really wouldn't miss much. And I'm not mm-hmm. so certain that's the case just because I feel like he's kind of created offensively a little, a little bit this year. And that, that kind of concerns me moving forward, but you know, that's the game too. You, you just never yeah. know. And you know he could be exposed because the book's finally out on him too. So, so I'm not sure, but it is. It I've is, been slightly slightly disappointed because I thought that the uptick in playing time would really help him.
1: Yeah, um, look at it as monthly splits. He's had thirty he had 30 plate appearances in April and had a 778 OPS. He had 53 plate appearances in May and had a 601 OPS. He had 31 in June and has a 205 OPS. So. I mean, obviously he's played as about as much as June as he has, he did in that first month. Um, and he's going to play more. Um, it could be that, yeah, the book's out of him and he still needs to adjust. It could be a bit of a slump. And when you're you got this little bit of sample size, it doesn't take much to really mess with it. Um, I think, I think this is a big couple of weeks or however long I keep saying two weeks. Cause you know, he's out for 10 days could be longer than that. I mean, I think it's a, it looked, I mean, reading that article from from Katie, it kind of sounded like it could be through the All-Star break, right? The All-Star break's a little late this year. Yeah. Um, so that's that's a month, basically. A month, five weeks. Um, I think this is big for Kissner because if he can't make some adjustments or, you know, now that he's got a little bit more time, you know, not saying that that's going to end, end him, but... You know, I do think that, you know, he he does have he probably suffers from the back, especially in fans' views. He was always kind of that middle child. Yeah. Um, you know, we always focused on Carson Kelly, and then when then there was uh, Herrera coming behind, yeah. and Kisner kind of got shunted to the side, or a guy that you know could be something or whatever. I know Kyle has talked a lot about Kisner. and sure, but I think in general that's that's kind of way some fans looked at it. And so if he can't, you know, kind of pull himself out in the next month, I, I don't know. I don't. And again, I mean, if he, if he struggles and Herrera hits a home run in four or five of his starts, then the, the conversation is going to be very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And I, it, all I can think back
0: to is in the pandemic season, the year that they are uh, the year, the road trip that they go to uh, Chicago And I remember the opening game of of the first doubleheader, Kisner was catching, Edmund was playing short. I was trying to think it was youth everywhere, essentially. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, man, this is actually a lot of fun to watch because this could be what we see in the next few years. And I'm not going to say that I think that that's probably flipped, but it is interesting to kind of see the ebbs and flows of how things go because I was so excited to see that young lineup to now think that we'll probably never see that. So, you know, it, it was weird.
1: Yeah, it is. Uh, I mean, we always I, it's a, it's a, one of those things that articles and writers always do. You know, what's the team going to look like in five years, ten years, mm-hmm. you know, whatever? And you think, okay, well, this is this guy's there. We always kind of assume that guy's going to be there, you know, until yeah. it's not. Um, but it doesn't always happen. You know, the guys don't develop. Guys get traded. Guys uh, get hurt, and you know, you couldn't tell I can't tell you what next year looks like. You know, sure. uh, you, you know some of it, but you you don't know. If, a whole lot of shape and you get farther out of than that. It's a, it's a dicey proposition. So you're right. It's, you got to appreciate it when it comes around. Cause you may not get to not enjoy it as long as you think. Yeah. Um, but speaking of appreciating, perhaps, um, uh, we did have Jack Flaherty returned this week. Uh, Jack had looked very good in his minor league starts. Uh, his, his major league start wasn't as good as we would have liked. Uh, he, he, lost to the pirates. Um, I didn't get a chance to watch that, that game, but uh, from reading it, it sounds like he just got a little bit too excited about being back in the big leagues.
0: Yeah, I think so. Kind of rushed it back a little bit. I was in the same boat. I I didn't make it until probably the end of the third inning, so I didn't see too much of the uh, performance, but I was following online. And I, I would think so. And you know what? It was – he kind of rushed back. It's It's one of those things, too, that – I was glad that they did it. And this is another one of those situations where I just don't feel like we would have seen this in the past too mm-hmm, much, mm-hmm. but right. he came through quick. I mean, there was, there was an article within the last 10 days that said that he's not throwing as much. It's going to be longer than you think. And the next thing you know, he's starting on a Wednesday night, yeah. you know, one of those. And it's, it's that I like the fact that they're rushing it back to get, to maximize the value on that. And, and there's a morale boost when you have a Flaherty back and, mm-hmm. And that kind of makes me feel like they are going to go pedal to the metal this year.
1: You know, it sounds. It also it sounds like Flaherty pushed for it. He said, Absolutely. more than anything, the intensity is not there yeah. at uh, at the minor league level. I need the major league experience." Um, but you're right. I don't. I agree. And we talked about this at the beginning of the year, right, with with Jordan Hicks, um, that normally, and you could argue that maybe they should have, but normally they would have sent him to. Memphis or Springfield, or something, and let him you know stretch himself out and then when he was ready, come to the big leagues. but instead, they'd let him stretch himself out in in the majors because they'd rather get some value out of that, and I think that's the kind of the, what we're seeing here with with Flaherty. he didn't he took his two rehab starts, but they were open to letting him finish his rehab in the big leagues because getting three or four quality innings out of Jack Flaherty is better than trying to get him out of you know. Packy Dotton or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I not, 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 not no, to I know what not you to, mean. Not to degrade yeah. the, the patron picture of the blog at all, but yeah, I, I know, know what, what you mean. Done, but yeah, that's that's a different that's a different level. So yeah, I think that's I think we were definitely seeing and I don't know if it's just because of Marmol. I don't know if it's because the front office finally decided they need to get a manager that was online with them and not necessarily just Marmol. Um, but it feels like they've been a little bit more aggressive, a little bit more, well, just less conservative with their players this, this year and how, not only how they're they're being brought up, but how they're being used. You know, we've seen, you know, we may have seen Albert more than we thought. We haven't seen Albert probably as much as we would have under some other managers.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, it It'd would be, be really, really easy to put him in that lineup every day you know what I mean? And it's, uh, I've, I've been really surprised by his lack of playing time a little bit and uh, pleasantly. So, so yeah, it's, uh, it, it feels like everything is kind of hitting on all cylinders right now on maybe terms of outside the lines and, uh, they're starting to play so well that, that, uh, you kind of feel like, you know, they, they're really going for it. And that's, that's pretty exciting.
1: Yeah. And I, and I'm, I imagine we'll ask this question about a month from now, you and I will be up in St. Louis for the blogger day. Um, And I we've asked this kind of question before to Mo, but I would really like to ask him this, this year is how much are they going for it this year? Because of pools, because of Molina, because of maybe Wainwright, because in the past they've not done that. Yeah. They they've, you know, even, The last year of Yachty's last contract or whatever what, you know, when there have been chances where it looked like it could be their last year, you know, they've kind of said, No, we're we're gonna treat this as you know, we're we're not gonna (laughs) do anything that aggressive just to do that.
0: Well, and you know the most surprising the most surprising thing that will happen all season for me is if he answers that outside of the typical answer that he always gives. You know, I just have a feeling that it's probably gonna be status quo, maybe this dude, that's just how he operates. And, and maybe not, not wanting to jinx anything, you know, type situation. Yeah. And and I I mean, I would be I would be elated if he came out and said yes, what that is a factor.
1: And I think though, and I think you're right. I mean, there's so many times I come up with questions and I just discard them because I already know what they're gonna say. Yeah, um, I know. Exactly. But but I also think that there's a way for him to say yes this is a this is a factor this is something we're looking at but also it makes them more aggressive but it doesn't make them like get completely out of their, i mean they're not going to go out and trade nolan gorman for a pitcher or something like that you know just because they have to win this year i don't think they ha- they feel like they have to win i just think that there's probably a lot more I, want, I hate to say want to win because I think they want to win every year, but um, I think there's more of a desire to get there this year. And if I think they'd be a little bit more likely to come out of their comfort zone trying to get a pitcher or trying to do something else, um, in trying to, you know, bring a Pereira instead of an Ali Sanchez, maybe is part of that, um, and trying to give this team the best chance they have every night. Um, while still, again, not com- going completely out of character.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that's, uh, it's, uh, it, they're not going to veer from the script too often, and they've done it enough this year that that actually kind of, you know, lights a little bit of fire, you know, as a fan base, to kind of watch some of the things they've done, but I completely agree with you, that uh, I don't know if we're ever going to get... I, you, they're going to stay as vanilla as, as possible, <laughs> you know what I mean? And maybe that's the ter- maybe that's the worst term I could have used, to be honest maybe. with you. But but you know exactly what I mean.
1: Yeah, yeah, I know what you're saying. And and there's, I mean, again, there's value in that. I mean, we talk about we're talking about these three teams that are terrible in this division. Talking about the Cubs that have lost, you know, ten games more than once. Um, which is going to be a very interesting thing this weekend, right? Because Atlanta has won 14 in a row and they're going uh, to into Chicago who has lost 10 in a row. So, uh, you know, if things continue, Atlanta may tie the Cardinals streak from last year. Um, But, you know, you get to where Chicago is by, you know, booming and busting and by putting it all into, you know, Twenty sixteen, or, or that you know that small window. Um, the Cardinals don't do that. Of course, Cardinals don't have a World Series in the last uh, ten years either. So, um, but I think in general, i'd I'd much rather be where the Cardinals have been over the last decade than where the Cubs have been, even yeah. though they have win. Well, yeah, yeah. But part I of that is being vanilla. Yeah, you no, know, I agree. Completely understand, and that's uh,
0: we we see this all the time, and they, they're due, you know, that day. It hasn't happened in the past couple of years, but you know, they're just they're one bad headline away from uh, from controversy, you know, and that that's due to ownership, and unfortunately, that's stuff that, that as Cardinals fans we haven't necessarily had to deal with, and it gets yeah. suppressed quickly. You know, the uh, when they're not winning, that fan base turns pretty ugly, and it turns into is this really the fan base or is this the drinking base, you know, type situation. And, and it's easy to pick on them now. And it's very easy to pick on them after the run that they had that I felt like they were the best team in the division. If they had more than a, more than one or two arms, you know, because the the lineup was so tough to get through to see what's kind of happened to them. I mean, one of the names that I bring up as a free agent catcher next year is a guy that I couldn't stand three years ago. And Contreras is going to make a difference for somebody. And I want to see him out of Chicago, you know, not just for the, uh, Not just for the lack of competition, but for the fact that he's had to weather some some tough times there, you know, and it and it and it can get pretty ugly.
1: The swinging a long fly ball to left by Ozzie. He wouldn't. He He did. Okay, had some technical issues. Apparently, my internet doesn't like it when I record in a pro podcasts or anything of that nature, but we're going to uh, talk a little bit about this upcoming series. Um, not necessarily. It's just a little bit weird. Of course it's. I don't know how to say this. Cardinals going to Boston, which is rare. Cardinals have gone. I think I was reading the article. They've been there. They've had two regular season games there in the last 14 years. Um, So that's cool right? I mean, Alan, I don't like interleague games. You know, I don't like interleague games. If you're going to do this, these are the kind of interleague games you want to see. You want to see Cardinals and Red Sox in a historic place like Fenway. So that, that part's cool, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that's, I, yeah, yeah.
0: I kind of feel the same about that. I mean, it's, yeah, I'm excited for this weekend series, but I could understand where, you know, it, uh, it's gotten a little old we don't see these more often.
1: Well, and I, actually I was going to go the other way with that because I'm thinking, you know, starting next year that you go yeah. see everybody. And yeah. I wonder if that doesn't take away a little bit of that mystique as well. Right. I mean, you know, if we're seeing Boston in Fenway park every other year, you know, I, I mean, yeah, cool. It's still going to always going to be kind of cool, but I wonder if it's going to be a lot less cool when it's just another spot versus a spot that you don't see very often. I mean, that's what the only thing that's been worked for me with this interleague stuff is, hey, we don't see these people all the time. Um, And now we're going to see these people all the time. And now it's like, well, you know, what's, What's the difference in the you know having leaks and all that stuff? And we've had that discussion, or I've had it with somebody, um, and I don't need to to rehash it. But Cardinals get to start this series with an old friend, uh, Michael Walker, who is having a pretty remarkable year up there in Boston. I remember asking in my playing Pepper series all the Boston people what they thought of um, Walker's chances this year. None of them really seem to be that excited about having him up there and last I checked he's got an ERA barely over two and has been one of their better pitchers. Carl Wainwright, Walker tonight uh, two guys that were paired together forever. It's a little bit interesting to see them on the other side of things.
0: Sure it, it's I've always had that fondness for Walker and I feel like you have too mm-hmm. and it's one of those that we always wondered why he wasn't given the same uh, I don't know how to say it. The same opportunities that everybody was—that it's yeah. almost like they were ready to push him out the door the minute that he was done with his arbitration numbers, yeah. and it's so nice to see that he's gone and found a little bit of success in other places. Um, that uh, it will be interesting to see tonight. Um, if you remember, it, it walk is one of those to me that was that was one of the best runs whenever he was, when he was up and coming and they beat the Dodgers and then they go to the series and then, you know, Boston beats them and he gets beaten game six just because he just didn't have the gas that he used to. So it, or that he would, that he did the rest of the uh, earlier in the uh, post season. So it'll be, it'll be fun to watch tonight. I've always been a big walker guy and uh, it should be an interesting matchup, with two, two pitchers that were considered very similar at one point.
1: Yeah. I mean, there was that whole, uh, whole thing about Michael Walker taking, having the number 52. <laughs> so it was 50 also, yeah. you know, uh, that kind of comparisons that he had. And we kind of thought that you're right. I, it, you know, Michael Walker was the first person that went to arbitration in almost 20 years uh, for the Cardinals. Uh, they've done that a couple more times since then. Obviously they had Tyler O'Neill this year and, um, and things of that nature. But um, yeah, he, he struggled with the Mets in 2020, but you know, just 2020, um, kind of iffy with the Rays last year, uh, ERA over five, so even if the success in Boston doesn't hold, and his FIP right now is 395, so it's a little bit, you know, probably some regression possibly coming. Um, still, it's good to see him be successful for a while. Um, he's already got a complete game shutout this year, um, which is not something you could say about very many pitchers at all this year. Um so yeah, I'm I'm glad to. I'll be interested to see him again. Um, and then it's going to be. Uh, I was reading an article this morning about how the Red Sox are planning to honor um, Pujols and Molina. That you know some sort of you know ceremony for them, um, but also the fact that how many of those guys in Boston have had Pujols and. Uh, Molina especially, but also some of Wainwright uh, as mentors or people that have helped them in their careers or things of that nature and how excited those guys were to have a chance to see them. In fact, there's a one picture, and I don't remember the name, but I don't have the article in front of me. One picture apparently grew up outside of St. Louis and always dreamed about facing Albert Poole, so now he <laughs> said he might get a chance to do so. That's, I mean, and we talked about that with Devin Williams earlier in the year, a guy that came up with St. Louis. How, how crazy is that? You know, If you you grow up, you know, yeah. not, only, not only like, hey, he's a, a big guy, but he's your guy, right? You're in that town. You're watching him all the time. And then, you know, here 10 years later, you get a chance to pitch against him. That it has to be a little bit uh, daunting as well. I've
0: always wondered how uh, how how guys can distract themselves from those type things. You know, it, I mean, it would be very easy to be starstruck, even as a big leaguer, with some of those. I mean, it, um, it would it, – it's – it's incredible that that we get to witness that this year, especially with multiple yeah. guys. I mean, that's uh, that's it's very rare, and uh, it it does expose a lot of those situations where you're just like, man, that would be incredibly tough to go in and face a guy that you had the poster on the wall when you were real young. Mm-hmm. So that it, it's that's that's the beauty of baseball, really.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess basketball gets that some, right? Yeah, I mean, um, but it's still not yeah pitcher pitcher batter type of exactly
0: the the one-on-one and the longevity is just not the same in
1: in in the nba yeah and i don't i don't know if that works at all in football i just i mean you know how how does that go i don't i don't know if it would you know you're just part of a team i guess maybe a guy that's playing defense against tom brady would find it interesting I, i don't know i don't know if that works at all in football i just um but yeah there is something very special about baseball and and those connections and the generations that come along. I mean, and it and it's just those rare players, right? I mean, it's those guys that play 20 years that are basically hall of famers, um, that, that inspire that, um, you know, it's each probably had that a little bit as well and, and others, but, uh, it's so rare to see it, you know, with two guys at the same time, uh, and the same team. So, yeah. Um, you know, that said, Yeah. I don't know how to judge the Albert Pujols experiment just yet, besides the fact that it's been very successful from a nostalgia point of view. Um, He's still hitting lefties pretty well. Um, But overall, I don't know. I don't, you know, obviously doesn't have the same oomph when he's in the batter's box. Right. I mean, there are times where I'm like, I don't want him on with runner on first because it's a double play. You know, I, I just, I don't know. I don't know. What do you? What are you thinking on um, Pujols right now?
0: You know, I I don't know. I'm a little torn. I feel like they've used them just about perfectly. Um, mm-hmm. It is because it would have been so easy just to play him and play him and play him, especially when you had you know a free agent signing that that wasn't performing in uh, in uh, um, in Dickerson. Dickerson. You know, and it's and it, it would be easy to do. And I'm impressed that they that they've uh, that they handled it the way that uh, that they have. Um, there are times, and I feel like this may be across the game, so I kind of don't want to pick on him much. Yeah, where I've seen maybe the best of the best when he barrels something and it's a fly ball in the gap, you know, yeah. type deal. And I may be wrong on that, I but uh, it is. Uh, it, I don't know. I feel. I still feel like we're up for some uh, probably magical moments in the second half of the season, but we may have seen the best of what it's going to get. So you know that's just I'm just trying to enjoy the ride and probably not nitpick on on every at bat. Sure.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's fair. Um, yeah, that like the ball he hit against Pittsburgh. What was it? Was it uh, was it Darren Michaelis's no hitter? Must may have been um, that he hit it well, and I thought, oh, he's you know it's at least a double and probably a yeah. and, and it died. And I you know again, it's hard to know. Is that is that 40-something-year-old Albert Pujols said just, you know, you know, five years ago he would have hit that out? Or is that the ball? Or is that, you know, what is, you know, you, you don't know what all that is. Exactly. Now um, yeah, that said, he's got almost two-thirds of his at-bats against righties, which is not good. Um, he's destroying the lefties still. Yeah. Um, I I get that he's gonna. I feel like they're gonna play him. He's always gonna face if if you have a series of three righties, he's gonna face one of them.
0: Yeah, because
1: he's gonna get into probably every series, especially at home or especially on a on a spot where he's not necessarily returning, like like tonight, you know, or this series in in Boston. He's playing at least once, so that people can see him again. Uh, I get that. Um, I do. And you know, you're right. Dickerson didn't do what he was supposed to do. Um, Yepes has has slowed down some um, since his first come up. So, you know, I don't know, and that doesn't really help you much either there. But I don't, I don't know. I feel like they, they, you know, they could have used him a lot more. But I do think there are times where he gets out there that maybe they shouldn't. But I, it, it, I think I'm more inclined to give because he doesn't play him every day, more more the credit that he just thinks the is the best option there because there may not be a good option.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah, that's probably a pretty good point. I mean, and that's, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm just, I'm curious to see how he, he you're probably exactly right on the way that he's going to be used during series. And that's, that's good for the game for that to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, is, will it become a point that, that it's not good for the Cardinals? I I think that's yet to be seen, you know, and, uh, but I, kind of trust in Marmol now and, uh, and we'll, we'll see how it happens. I mean, it's, uh, it'll be interesting to see how it's deployed.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I think, you know, and that may be the, maybe that's the move the Cardinals have to make. Um, although again, this roster is getting to the point where it's hard to see, especially on the offensive side, what you do if you get a, bring anybody in, right? Um, like Corey Dickerson starting his rehab assignment tonight. Members. Yeah, you figure he's going to, or he played actually last night. I didn't. I guess I should see if how he played. It was started last night, um, but. You know, what do they do when he comes back? I mean, it feels like everybody's... I don't think anybody wants him back. I think that's safe to say, right? Um, (laughs) But if they decide that the Cardinals are going... The Cardinals decide that they're going to try to bring him back up when he's healthy, which would be, you know, rehab assignment, what, a couple of days, maybe five or six, um what do they, you know, who goes, what do they do? How do they get him back on this roster? Uh, Cause I don't know that there's a real clear path for that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, I don't, the, I, the, it kind of goes into the young kind of conversation a little bit. And, right. you know, right. one thing that, that kind of worries me about it is, you know, these things do have a way of working themselves out. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, then that's kind of concerning a little bit, but, but yeah, you're right. I mean, there's no clear path for both, uh, and it's, it's, I don't know. It's just tough because a lot of the guy, now he hasn't necessarily, um, he hasn't necessarily earned it, but you wonder how long it'll be before Newt bars back in the same situation or, or who's more deserving of those two at, uh, at this point. And it's, it's, it's funny that it's a good thing as, as fans that there's not necessarily that clear pathway, but it's a little concerning that there could possibly be at some point, you know what I mean? Right.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's, you're right. And, and, I mean, again, especially for Paul DeYoung, I guess it's good if he's hitting, and he's continued to to do a pretty good job this week. Um, that if somebody did get hurt in the middle infield, they could bring him up and feel okay about it. Um, but he could also stay in Memphis until they're ready for that, which is good. You know, Corey Dickerson didn't have that option. Um, Corey Dickerson is going to have to be on this. You know, once he started rehab, summit, I don't, I think it's, I think Max is twenty days. Um, and I don't know, it's uh, nobody ever takes that long. Um, I'm very interested to see what they do there. Dickerson did hit a home run last night. Uh, I think he went one for three with a home run in Memphis, so take that for what it's worth. But, um, do you think he do you think they put him back on this roster? Do you think they maybe send Yepes down for you know a little bit of you know more ma- minor league seasoning, regular? Oh, bounce, man. Blah, blah, blah,
0: that I mean. I would hate to kind of see that, but that, you know, that's one of those path of the least resistance moves that the Cardinals tend to do. Yeah. You know, and that, uh, so gosh, I don't know. I mean, yeah. And, I, and maybe we're regretting this in two weeks because he comes up and finally starts hitting. I don't know, but, but that's one of those where things seem to be going pretty well right now. And it's, uh, you know, I can just imagine the pushback if he comes up and it doesn't.
1: Yeah. I mean, and, and Yepes is in two fifty seven this month, um, he has a homer 5 RBI. So it's not like he's just cratered or anything. I think mm-hmm. he's kind of maybe bounced back a little bit. Of course he had he had three hits against the Reds and that every, every other he's not had another multi-hit game, so there's maybe that's part of the factor there, but yeah, I think right now it's a little hard to say that he's not holding his own at the big league level. So I, but he has options and you know, and that's the kind of thing, right? I mean, and I don't feel like I think we've talked about it. I know some others have. Um, you know, a guy like Gorman, when he comes up, he's staying up. I don't know if Yepes is quite in that category for them. You know, I mean, he could be a guy that they're fine with. They don't want to. He's, it's like levels, right? Gorman's on a level and then Yepes could be on a level and then there's Newt Bar. Newt Bar is a guy that they don't mind going back and forth. There's no big, yeah. You know, at, at some point in time, you know, here in three or four years, he's probably going to get non-tendered and they're not going to worry about it, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, Yeah, this is a guy that could be a a part of their future, but he's not like the key part of their future either. So I don't think they want to send him down, but I think, yeah, path of least resistance, they might. Um, That said, I feel like Corey Dickerson was already kind of on a, you know, limited time basis with the Cardinals. And if he came up, after his injury and and struggle for another two or three weeks, they might just eventually cut him and bring you up as back up. They may just cut him f- flat out. I mean, I don't no. know. I think that was the easiest thing, but it's it's hard for me to imagine the Cardinals doing that. Kind of, it seems it seems a little bit weird to, to put him on a rehab assignment if you don't necessarily plan on bringing him back up. Yeah. So. Yeah.
0: I don't know. I yeah, know. I don't know. That that'll be an interesting one because one, I was I was in support of the move when they did it, just because it's yeah. one of those you just like, hey, good, and we signed a guy that that I've seen hit in person. You know, this could be this could work out, but then you don't, then it becomes it becomes a little redundant and you know almost mucks up the roster a little bit. So you know, I I'll support anyway that it that it plays out, and I'm curious to see if you know if that he was if he can't have kind of a bounce back. We'll, you know, we'll have to wait and see. I'm
1: assuming, yeah. I will, we'll we'll see. Um, also Jordan Hicks planning to start his rehab assignment soon. Um, in Memphis, I got to feel like this is going to be, they're not going to rush him back at all. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, if you get 20 days or whatever, they're going to let him pitch all through as many of those. And I assume as a starter in Memphis, even if they don't plan on him being a starter, um, in the big leagues. And what do you, I mean, what do you think? Are are they going to, has that run its course or do you think they're going to try again to let him be a starter?
0: I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like that, uh, that, that man, that's a bullpen piece that you could probably use and greatly benefit from if you did it. But I still think that he's probably under the, uh, you know, he's, he, they're probably going to baby him a little bit to try to, to determine, you know, the, the start starting him so they can dictate the pitches and innings so much easier. And I, you know, I don't know if I agree with that, just because I feel like he can be a weapon in the back end, kind of like he was when he came up and kind of like Carlos Martinez was when he was young, you know, when they were in between what they wanted to do with him. Mm-hmm. So, you know, on a competitive nature to me, I'm like, man, let him get some outs in the sixth, seventh and eighth inning. And, uh and then, uh and, and run with that. But, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if they came back out where he's doing those two to three, four inning starting stints again, just so they can dictate what he does.
1: Um. Yeah, I mean, there. That's the that seems to be the factor that's so hard to judge, right? Is his health and wanting Tim on a regular routine? Um, because I don't, I don't think without that the Cardinals put him back in the rotation this year, right? I think they would have left him in the bullpen if it wasn't for the fact they wanted him to pitch every five days on a regular routine because of of his diabetes and things of that nature. Um, so when you factor that in, you know, that's hard to do as a reliever, unless you put him on a two innings every three days, no matter what the game is. And I don't know that that's the best way to do it. Um, but I don't know if throwing him into the, you know, seventh inning, especially when he's, still having his command issues is necessarily the best thing either. I don't know. I really do not know the best way to use Jordan Hicks. Um, And I hope the organization has a plan. I'm sure they do. But, I mean, there are so many obstacles no matter what you do with him. I mean, honestly, right now the best thing might be for him to spend some time at Memphis and let him, you know, either strengthen up and, and get some experience being a starter or, you know, figure out what they're going to do at the minor league level with him. But, you know, as much as talented, as talented as he is, it feels like there's still a lot of development that needs to be done with him. And I, I don't have a problem with them doing that at Memphis for a while.
0: Yeah, completely agree. I mean, that I, I don't see, I agree with you in the fact that I just don't, I don't feel the need to rush him one way or the other, you know, that's uh and I, I hope that that's kind of, I kind of, and I hope and kind of think that's probably how they are going to handle that. But uh, you know, I, stranger things have happened.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's true. That is true. Um, so, Cardinals do Boston while the I need to check. Let me see. Cardinals do Boston while the Brewers get the Reds. So, mm. um, and then the Cardinals go into into Milwaukee next year next week for a four game series. Um, by the time we're recording this next week, that you know they'll be have gone through there. Cardinals are up two games right now on the Brewers. Are they still up on the Brewers when we record next week? Uh,
0: yes, they will be. I feel, I feel like there is blood in the water right now. I think that uh, I think they'll play well. I, there, there will be times where they're not playing well. That's that's the ebbs and flows of the games. The heat, as if if the heat cranks up and stuff like that. But, but I think that they're going to be on a, a a pretty substantial run here for the next little bit.
1: Hope so. Uh, you know, Boston has played well, but as I no- noted, they've played a lot of under five hundred teams as they've pushed their way into back over five hundred. Um, so Cardinals will be their biggest test in a while. Um, and then I you know you kind of feel like they've done it so far every time they've played the Brewers um you know, there's a good chance they split the series against them, right another four gamer so as long as yeah, I think that as you know, the Cardinals probably hold their own and we may be talking this week, you know, they may be two games up on the Brewers again next week uh, that may not yeah. be a lot, but um yeah, I, I feel like the team's playing pretty well overall, I mean, and it doesn't feel like. I mean, some days are better than others, obviously. Sure, but it doesn't feel like the offense is just completely shutting down right now. Of course, you know, Paul Goldschmidt hits home run just about every day. you're yeah. you're not, not going to get shut out or anything. Um, but you know, even you know, the games against Pirates again are Pirates. But two of those games, I got down early and came back. Um, you know, they weren't they weren't able to finish the or, uh, the game off on, on Wednesday. But I, you know, I don't know that we think that as much that they're just not going to show up on a night. Uh, it feels like somebody's going to be hitting at some point in time.
0: Yeah. The uh, I, I agree with that. I mean, I feel like they're in a category that you and I can both agree that we can safely say that they're pretty good. And yeah. that, and that's, we probably could have said that last year, but I mean, this is a team that, that, that could make a pretty substantial run. And, uh, and I, I feel like they push a lot of the buttons offensively. And, and some of that's with the youth you know, by uh, improving from within. And, uh, and I agree with you. I I feel like that's one of those to where you may see a two game swing here or there with the Brewers, Mm -hmm. but I still feel like they're going to be in the mix the whole time. And I, and I I mean, I, I, I'm pretty convinced that they're a pretty
1: darn good team. Yeah. I mean, you look, you, you look at the Mets who are, except for Atlanta's, you know, big winning streak, kind of running away with that division and they've, you know they lost both series against Mets, but they could have won both series against Mets. I mean they were right there with them. Uh, you look at the West, and the Padres are now leading by half a game. They swept the Padres when they saw them. They're they're willing, they're able to play with the big teams. Now I'm I'm, I'm not saying they're the best team in baseball or anything, but if they're they're talented enough and they're able to to be competitive with those top teams, and you know especially for the Central that's all you're going to need. I mean, they're going to, I feel real confident, especially with expanded playoffs. They're going to be in the playoffs. Uh, I know that, um, it was interesting. I think it was Wainwright was saying, uh, you know, something about winning the division. So they, you know, they didn't want to be playing in that, uh, playoff game. Well, one, the game's not there anymore, but two, you know, unless you, uh, you can win your division and not get that by. So, um, That's a little bit frustrating too. So you gotta not only win your division, but you try to push into being the top two, one of the top two teams. I don't know if they can do that, Um, but I do think that they are. They've got a chance to make some. You know, they're gonna get talked over, and I think they can make some noise.
0: Yeah, no, I agree with that. I agree with that. And you know, if uh, even if they, even if they do, I think that we could probably see areas to where they can improve. And I think every team needs probably another starter at this point. But uh, you know, it's still we're pretty happy with where they are, speaking for myself i I think that uh I think that they're they're decent and they could they could make a pretty good run to where last year I thought, man that Brewers lineup's good, and they pitched, they're gonna be tough to beat. I don't know if I necessarily feel that way this year yeah and um, and I feel that that goes that goes a long way,
1: yeah, yeah, I agree uh, you know, and you know, they've, they've had their damage, their uh, pitching staff has taken on. Um, some hits this year, this year. So, you know, they've held water right now, but I I don't know. Yeah, you're right. I don't find them overwhelming at all. Um, Before we wrap it up, I think we should give a shout-out to Brendan Donovan. Um, You know, (laughs) Brendan Donovan is not going to win Player of the Month, I don't think. But right now – he could, I mean, he's hitting 407 for the month of June as an OPS just over a thousand. He didn't have any home runs, So that's a big thing, right? I mean, if you're looking player of the month, you're looking for power and stuff like that, but um, he's been quite impressive. Now I, I did hear that. I guess I did again, I didn't see the game, but he didn't necessarily uh, cover himself in glory at first base necessarily um, in the last game, but uh, overall he's has been able to play a lot of different positions. And he has definitely provided a bit of a spark to this team as well.
0: Oh yeah, and I mean, and it's funny you—you're probably going to have two starters on the infield regardless because you're going to have Edmund and Goldschmidt, I would think, mm-hmm. are all-star starters. Yeah, but you could probably point to Donovan being the biggest X-factor for him this year, mm-hmm. just because the the uh, he kind of made Dickerson redundant a little bit. And it's funny, he's in the lineup every night. And that says a lot because that means Marmol trusting.
1: Yeah, he's turned into the guy that we thought Tommy Edwards was going to be. (laughs) I knew it. And here I was going
0: to say something. I thought about this after we got off the show last week. I know this is the most mind-numbing deal that we've talked about for the past six years. But is Donovan finally going to be the Zobris type that they've wanted?
1: He really feels like it. I mean, because he's not locked into a spot he's definitely bringing more back. Now he's not, again, he's not bringing the power back that, that Zobris did obviously in his, his, heyday. day, but um, yeah, I mean, you could plug him anywhere and feel okay about him. Um, you know, again, it's his first year. Let's see how it goes, but you know, early returns are really good. And I feel like, you know, like I said, he's been here since the beginning and you'd think the league, if the league had, the league would have a book on him. He's obviously made his adjustments, right? I mean, he's not going to be, I don't think he's the heart flash in the pan type of thing. Let's put it that way.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I I agree with that. I agree with that. And that's just like we talked about last week. And one of the things that stand out to me is just how hard he is to strike out. And that's just that right now. That's like a, like a unicorn in baseball, you know, and that, and it's, and it shows the benefit of just putting the ball in play.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Especially, um, you know, when you've got some speed and, this team has some and you know there are times where you all you need is that you know fly ball to get a runner in or a ground ball to get them over i mean there are you know there doesn't have you don't have to be the power hitter um you know it's helpful but you don't have to be that way to be productive in major league baseball so all right well um uh, again Cards got the the red sox tonight brewers rest next week um, look forward to talking about that next week with y'all. But until then, for Alan, I am Daniel. Good night. Good night. He got him stuck him out. Look at the scene on the field. McCarver, the first one. Now his infielders all over him. A new world's record of 17 strikeouts in one game.